Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line, as we close out week 14 tonight, Arizona hosting the Rams. We'll get Michael's official lean coming up later in the show as we welcome you back here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. And we've got stepping into my office coming up, but I wanted to ask you about Dallas and Washington. So yeah. Dallas closed six and a half, Michael. Yeah. And. Again, I mentioned Washington was an extra point away from covering, but they didn't. They did not deserve to be in the mix. They had four turnovers. No, no. Uh, I get it; they were without several key players, injuries, and COVID. Uh, but Gibson was a non-factor, and Dallas was doing everything they could in that second half to give it back to him. But Washington was never in the mix here. You know, I would be concerned if I was a Cowboy fan. I did not think Dak played very well. I did not think Dak played well. It was pretty obvious he didn't play well. His numbers may have indicated the interception was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the boot, it was ridiculous. I mean, all he's going to do is throw the ball over the guy's head and dump it right in there. I mean, it's a throw he makes a thousand times. I haven't thought he's played well, really. I think, and and look, in fairness to Dak, without Pollard and really Zeke on one leg, they can't really kind of take some of the pressure off of him. And so I, I, I was, you know, the Cowboys, I would say the Cowboys played offensively, played about a C game and won their defense uh, it was that was the story and their ability to pass protect their ability to rush the passer create negative plays and then of course you know what what they were able to do with Parsons rushing the passer I think where Parsons is so good and I don't think people truly understand how how effective he is because when he becomes the fifth rusher when he engages in the rush from different launch points from inside linebacker and he's on a stunt or a movement, he becomes very problematic to block. 
And he's a rare player in the sense that he can rush as the fifth rusher and also rush as the fourth rusher if his hand's in the dirt coming against the right tackle. Those are two different positions. And so oftentimes players can be good at one and not good at the other. Like I'll give you an example. Kyle Van Noy, he's a really good fifth rusher. He's not a great fourth rusher. When he's one-on-one, but he's really good at fitting into the rush and getting to the quarterback. And Parsons is elite at both. Micah Parsons and the return of Gregory, tremendous. Lawrence, tremendous. But Parsons is stick with him. He slipped in the draft because of off-the-field stuff. I think he, what, uh, 11 by the Cowboys? They took a chance, yep. and it's being paid off. I mean, he, he's a stud. He's so fast. He's like 4-4, somewhere in there as far as his 40. So the athletic, uh, he's off the charts athletically. But this is the deck interception when he didn't see the linebacker was wild. He was late on that throw. Marble. It was, I shouldn't have said that. Washington was never in the mix. Of course, they were in the mix as the late collapse by Dallas, but Washington shouldn't have been in the mix. So you don't feel no. good about yourself with Dallas coming out of this. No, I mean, it's a win, but I think it's a, you've got to analyze the win, right? You've got to figure out what actually occurred. And I think that the, what won this game was the Dallas front, right? I thought Gallimore was pushing the guard back, and everybody, the pocket became soft. And look, they knocked out one quarterback. They were getting ready to knock out another one. I mean, they put a lot of heat a lot of heat on the quarterback for Washington, and, and, and Heineke had to leave the game. Kyle Allen couldn't really do much when he got in the game. So they were fortunate to be within seven points, frankly. They were very fortunate to be there. And, you know, and, and, and I think to me it was – and like I said, I just don't see Dallas as they continue on. They're going to have to get healthy at running back. They're going to have to get healthy at running back. They can't continue to go down this path. I mean, they need a little juice. And that plantar fasciitis with, with Pollard is always problematic. I mean, those are things that are hard to come back from. This is fascinating with Dallas because they can thank their division because they're going to win the division. They're now three up on Washington. They're sitting nine and four. They're seven and one in conference, three and oh in division. So they're going to win their division. They got to get healthy. It's almost like right. it's almost like these are exhibitions moving forward because they're going to win the division. It's a, they're in a weird spot where they've got to get healthy. Don't necessarily need the wins, but you want to win the football games, obviously. Right. I mean, they have the Giants this week on the road, right? And we know the Giants are struggling. Maybe Daniel Jones comes back, and maybe he doesn't. You know, but that'll be a hard game for him to play up in the Meadowlands. That'll be a tough game. That'll be a challenge, yep. but they've got to get back to their offense has got to play better. I mean, they've turned the ball over three times in the last two weeks, once to the Saints and, you know, and, and once and twice yesterday. And, and, but they're fortunate because in the last two weeks, they've created eight turnovers with their defense. Eight. Hmm. I mean, they created eight turnovers with their defense. I mean, that's some people, they don't have eight turnovers. So, you know, I think that's really what they've got to get back. They, they're not, since the Patriot game where they put up 567 in the week before that, the Giants. This is not the same team that the Giants saw the first game where they allowed 44 points. They're not the same offensive team. And don't let that Atlanta score fool you, right? You know, they, they've scored 43 in that game. And other than that, they haven't been as explosive. Yeah, Dak just 22 of 39 for 211, had the two picks, one horrible one. Uh, he did have a touchdown. What's, in, what's interesting about Dak Michael, is the lack of mobility. There isn't, it's, it, the, the running aspect just isn't there. And obviously we know he's banged up, but that dimension isn't there with him. So he's become quite one dimensional. Yeah, you know, he hasn't looked, like I said, since the, since he, you know, since the bye, he hasn't really been the same guy. I mean, let's just put things in perspective here. He's averaging 7.5 yards per attempt, right? 
And last year he was at 8-4. The year before he was at 8-4. I mean, this has not been the best year for him in terms of getting the ball down the field. And he's got more weapons than he knows what to do with, right? He's got more weapons. His interception percentage is higher than it's ever been in his career going back to his second year in the league. Think about that, Patrick. Mm -hmm. You know, so he's not been able to really do the, you know, he's not playing to the level that we think he can play to, or we've seen it earlier in the year. And, you know, just on QBR, just take QBR out of it, right? Just, it just, and, and the only reason I bring this up is because it's this basic platform to be able to an, a, analyze A and A, right? So last year, before he was injured, his, quarter, his QBR was 78.7. The year before, it was 71.9. The year before that, it was 55.2. The year before that, it was 69.9. And his rookie year, it was 77.6. Right now, he's at the lowest point of his career at 45.9. Hmm. And the weapons are there. The, the running back situation's got to get fit. They need Pollard. That is, there's, there's no doubt about that. I, I think what we're seeing is that we don't. Have, they don't. It's. It, it. He's not. Look, Dak's a really good player. You know, and and he he can make some plays, but he's not. He may not be the same player he was before the injury, mm-hmm. but certainly he's not the same player he was earlier in the season. This 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 has been. And now, if Tra- if Trayvon Smith is hurt, if he's out for any extended time. And that left tackle becomes a problem, and the right tackle's a problem. You know, last yesterday Collins got thrown out of the game, so and then Smith gets hurt. The two tackles were in trouble. I think that can be an issue for Dak. Okay, we're going to go over this more on Thursday, but I just wanted to quickly, Kansas City, we talked about their win. We talked about the Chargers hanging on. I mean, the Giants showed a little fight, but the Chargers, and obviously everybody's making a big deal about the Herbert throw where he's rolling to his right, and it was incredible. I mean, he's an oh, incredible throw. He's an incredible oh, it's unbelievable throw. And the kid, and, the, uh, unbelievable and Guyton, he didn't even slow down. I mean, the, the ball was placed perfectly. Great which catch. Is, yeah, that was it, a great catch. It, it, I mean, it you really know, was. And, and, I mean, it was incredible ball awareness down the field. It was really great. I mean, look, the Giants, they knew that was going to be a hard game for them because anytime they play against a pure great passer like that, you know, it's going to be hard for him to to make plays. And in the last two weeks, the Giants have not been able to, on their two road trips, they've not been able to force a turnover with their defense. And the only chance they have to really be competitive in games, you know, when they beat Philly, they had four turnovers. When they beat Las Vegas, they had three turnovers, right? They have to win the turnover battle. They can't, they can't, this offense can't move the ball down the field. And unfortunately, they haven't been able to. I mean, the Giants are 32nd in red zone offense. You know, they're 23rd and third down. I mean, you know, they've played two games with a backup quarterback, and now they've got to get Daniel Jones back. If he's back, you know, I, I think it'll be a little closer game than we might suspect. I mean, right now, what did the line open up today? That number is 10 and a half with Dallas. Six, 10 and a half. Dallas is yeah, laying ten I could and a see half a lot of two way I could see a lot of two way action on this game. So I think I I, I think this will be two way action. I don't think that Dallas is a pushover. It, it depending on now they have we still have Glennon in the sheet here, mm-hmm. which I don't understand. You know, I mean there must be something seriously wrong with Daniel Jones. Obviously when they signed Jake Fromm, it wasn't a one week injury, right? We knew this. Yep. But uh, you know they've got they still have Glennon in there. That that's the, that would be the best news for the Cowboys. So I brought up the Chargers because we have the best Thursday night matchup of the year coming up this Thursday, and we're going to talk about it extensively on Thursday here on the Lombardi Line. But Kansas City at the Chargers. I, I'm sure you know the number. 
Um, I want to take a look at it just in a perfunctory way and tell me what you think. It's three and a half. It hasn't moved off the three and a half. It could be headed to three because I see the juice going down. Uh, But what are you thinking just overall Kansas City Chargers coming up on Thursday? Well, I mean, this is, you know, we're going to see Herbert at his best. I think we got to get Keenan Allen on the field, you know, and the Chargers defensively, they've got to be able to play well against the, you know, against the the, the scheme that they, they kind of fit. It fits perfectly. They'll use the Vic Fangio game plan because that's what Staley's from. Try to slow down Mahomes. And if they can keep this game, you know, at the right pace, they'll have a chance because this Herbert kid is sensational. He can make throws and he will really test how good these corners are for the Chiefs. I think they're good, but this is a game where they're going to get, because it's going to be man-to-man. It's going to be a man-to-man game. They're going to pressure him. They're going to try to force him off the spot. Feels like an early lean on the Chargers for you. You know, I've got to work it through, but I, I, I think that quarterback is so good, Patrick. My Lord, he's so I good. I know he is. Here's what I will say. So, I was, the yards per attempt, he was a little close to nine. You know, Burrow was over 10 yesterday. What I would say is great. I, I, I don't really discern between Burrow and, and Herbert. Can we people have that conversation to me? I'll take either and be very happy. I don't put one. You know yeah. what I mean? Because Herbert struggled yeah. for a four-game stretch as well this year. I, Burrow is just oh, doing no it all doubt. by himself. Now, fairness to Herbert, he got better protection. He's getting better protection this year than he has. Burrow yes. needs that. Yeah, uh, two great players. I mean, I think we can already yep. say those are two great players, and and no so doubt. much fun to watch. Thursday night is going to be awesome. Speaking of awesome, we wait for it every week. Step into my office, lay down on the couch. Michael Lombardi welcomes some luminaries into his office, and he sets them straight. That's coming up next here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, bro. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, college bowl season starting up Friday. v has you covered right now. It's December 13th, yes, so we're dropping the v College Football Bowl Betting Guide right now. Make sure you go check it out. Get your digital copy for $19.99. It's a great deal. v slash subscribe. So much work goes into this. We're going to help you win some money. Analysis on every bowl game, insights, trends, data, predictions. It's all there. Go check out the v College Football Bowl Betting Guide right now. v slash subscribe. It's v slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here. On a Monday, it's time for Step Into My Office. Michael Lombardi sets some people straight. Now, this one, the first where we're going to start today is an uphill battle. I, I do, I do yeah. understand. But we have to welcome in Urban Meyer. And honestly, what would you say to the Jaguar head coach? I, I, I would say I think this is really about a self-reflection, Urban. I, I think that you can see by the lack of people that are coming to your defense that you have alienated the room. And as Bill Walsh would often tell me, the Civil War is the ugliest war to fight. And right now you're commanding a Civil War because you haven't been able to relate to players. Vince Lombardi in his office, if you go to Lambeau Field, Urban, and you see the replica office in Vince Lombardi, they have in there of Vince Lombardi's last day as the Packer general manager, there's two plaques on the wall there. And none of them have anything to do with football. They have everything to do with Red Bank Catholic High School where he was named Teacher of the Year. He put those on a wall in Green Bay because he was most proud of that. And if you want to be a teacher and you want to be a leader, then you better start teaching and stop complaining. Now, it's easy to do in college, and you certainly had blue blood jobs, and it's been wonderful for your career, and people have stamped you as a genius, but at some point, you're going to have to prove it. As Al Davis used to say to me all the time, at some point, kid, you're going to have to play in the game. You're going to have to play in the game, and either you change or you leave. Because the people that you're leading aren't following. If he said, oh, listen, I'm going to humble myself. I'm in this for the long haul. I want to make this work. Could, could you, would, you, would you tell the ownership there at Jacksonville, all right, let's see if we can recommit? Or would you say it's a one and done. You have to move on. You've got to move on. There's no Because there, he doesn't have an answer. He, he doesn't have the answers to the test. He has the answers to the wrong test. 
His test that he's taken is the college test. The protest we just gave him, he doesn't have any answers on. So how can I, how can I let him keep going? If you're going down the wrong road, you're never getting there. You better turn around. Urban, thank you. Don't go to the club, man. Just stay on the straight and narrow on your way out. Okay, coming <laughs> up next, Jets head coach Robert Salah. Now, he's been in your office quite a bit. We, we're welcome. Yeah. We're going to welcome him back because, remember, he did say this is the best defensive front he's coached. Well, yesterday, that Jets defensive front allowed 203 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and a 30-9 loss against the Saints. What would you say to the first-year head coach there with the Jets? I'd say, Robert, look, I think the number one thing that we want to see out of it, nobody's expecting you to win a Super Bowl this year. No one's expecting you to, uh, to be able to compete against the great teams. But we've got to see progress. And unfortunately, we haven't seen any progress. We have a quarterback who we spent the second pick in the draft on, again, that we're not getting enough out of. We don't even know if he's any good. Right now he looks really bad, mm -hmm. right? So what have you done to make him a better player? What have we done to make this team a better team? Are we better in the kicking game than we were last year? No, because we've made bad decisions on the kicker. Are we better in covering kicks? Are we better than blocking for it? Show me where the improvement is. I don't care. You know, Walsh wrote a book, The Score Takes Care of Itself. I'm not looking at the scoreboard. I'm looking at the team on the field, and I don't see us improving. I don't see us making adjustments during the game. I don't see us having a game plan within the game plan. I see once it stalls out in the first quarter, we're done. And as evidenced by yesterday, we had no juice. And I see players make the same mistake. Denzel Mims, lineups on the wrong side. You know, they make the same mistakes constantly. We can't do that. At some point, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. And, and, and it's happening. And, it, and I don't want to hear that, we, we see that we can't, we're a young team and there's no progress. I don't want to hear that because New England was in just as bad a shape as we were last year, and they've turned their whole team around with a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. Change is not going to be made as far as the law. We understand. But would you, could you foresee changes being made with the offensive staff, maybe LaFleur and, no. and, and switching LeFleur it up? Was his best man at his wedding. They're, they're joined at the hip. It's all about they don't have enough good players. They're going to start blaming the second pick in the draft because when they put Mike White in the game and when they put Flacco in the game, they move the ball. So LaFleur's saying, wait, it's not me, man. But it's who you coach. Your job is to get him to coach, right? So is Zach Wilson a bust? I don't know that. He doesn't look very good. Will Hill's announced him as a bust already. I don't know that for a fact. I, I need to watch. I need to see more. Because I liked him coming out in college, and I thought he had anticipation to make throws. But what I've seen so far is not very good. But a lot, of, but he's not getting coached to the level that I think he needs to get coached. So it is a problem. So at some point, you know, we're in the veterinarian business here. The patient doesn't speak to us. So we have to do diagnostic tests to figure out what's wrong. It's either coaching players or scheme. Is Zach Wilson failing because he stinks, or is it the coaching or the scheme? Robert, you need to figure it out that that's why we paid you six million a year. You know, we didn't pay you six million a year because it's easy. We paid you six million a year because it's hard. Players, coaches, or scheme. What's breaking down here? If you're telling me the player and he's young, then I want to see improvement. That's not a cop out. You can't cop out on that. You can't say he's a young player. Then show me improvement. Every good player who's young improves. The peak moment for Robert Salah this year was when he went to a Knicks game and he got like the cops to drive him. Remember, it was almost like the president was coming through town. He got a cavalcade to take him to the game. 
um, Look, escorted I, I mean, I've said it before he got hired. I wasn't sure how they could hire somebody who ran one front and one coverage, you know, and really had nothing to do with the offense. That's, to me, not a head coach, but it is a head coach in the NFL today where we don't really want leaders. We just want managers. We want people that manage one side of the football. And so when the team needs to play together, we can't cohesively play together as a unit. So, you know, to me, this is just another example of the Jets not knowing, you know, what's going on. And, and not understanding truly what leadership is all about, what culture is all about. Next up, some repeat offenders here step into my office on the Lombardi line. Next up, now this one, you know, this is going to be even bigger than just the gentleman that's going to be sitting in front of you, and that's Raiders interim head coach Rich Bisaccia. The Raiders had five turnovers yesterday. Uh, ugly, four fumbles, an interception, 48-9 loss at the Chiefs, and this is a team that is spiraling right now. Yeah, and I mean, I feel bad for you, Rich, because this is a hard situation to walk into. Everybody knows you're not going to be the coach of the Raiders next year. You know, everybody knows it's going to be really challenging for you for this, but you're going to have to imp you're going to have to really use your ability to to lead and try to get to people's pride. We got to go back there. We represent everybody else, right? So, I think the most important thing you can do is to show the players on this team that there is life after this year and this tape matters. This tape really matters. How you play from this time out is going to determine who's on this team. I may not be on the team with you next year, but I'll be working in the National Football League because my tape's going to be good. Your tape needs to get good. We need to play at a higher level, and we need to instruct the players on how to play at a higher level. And offensively, you need to figure out, which I'm not sure you're capable of doing, figure out what can make this offense better and then go to it. And we need Darren Waller back. I get that. I understand that completely. But we're going to have to figure out how we can do this. And we go into Cleveland, we have every opportunity to beat a team that can't score because we can't score. It's the perfect matchup. Yeah, you had a – I could tell you were really thinking this was a tough spot yesterday for the Raiders up in Kansas City. Even with the number being horrible. What, it was a big number, but I Nine could tell – Nine and a half. Yeah. There's a horrible matchup for them because they went in there cocky. They think they can play them. They went in there cocky. You know, and I'm sure they didn't have a great week of practice. And I felt like once the front, once once Carr starts to get hit, it's check down Charlie. He's throwing check downs. You know, look at the look at the two minute drive against Washington. He's throwing check downs in the two minute drive. You know, and so we we just can't do that. You know, I mean, look, Carr Carr has got a lot of strengths to him, but there's a lot of problems with Carr that people tend to overlook. Now, this one's not official, but I just want to uh, – you take a look at the AFC and the NFC. I'm talking one seeds and these teams battling. New England's 9-4, and four, Tennessee's 9-4, and four, Kansas City's 9-4. and four. Tennessee's 9-4 and four with a win yesterday. Vrabel, your buddy Brave, Vrabel, he, he's getting angrier. Like, he's, he's cantankerous right now. Why, why, why such interesting and kind of con, uh, contentious vibes there with Vrabel? He's got a team 9-4 and four playing great. Well, I mean, the last time he got really mad, he's like, look, he said, I answered the question on Zach Cunningham, and then I kept asking him about Zach Cunningham. Like, Zach Cunningham just showed up. And for Vrabel to talk <laughs> about a player who's not even on his team, he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Like, this guy, we just got him in here. We don't even know what he's doing. We got to figure out, can he clear COVID? Is he okay with the, with the health concerns in the league office? All those things. You're asking me questions about him. What about the guys that are on the field? <laughs> what about the guys playing? Yeah, he was pissed. That's what, that's what drives people crazy is, like, you, you, nobody looks at it from his viewpoint. He's trying to fix the problem on his team, and you're asking about some guy who just showed up. Yeah. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He was he was in a mood, and he it was so funny watching. He's like, dude, I'm not talking about the guy. Leave me alone. Yeah, and he I think and he, he walked, walked off. off. 
when he walked off. Just like Rich Passaccio walked out of your office. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. That is step into my office here on the Lombardi line. Coming up next, Josh Applebaum's going to join us with a market update as we continue on a Monday. Of course, close out week 14, Arizona hosting the Rams. We got it all coming up on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Even tonight on Monday Night Football, a new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over under and against spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to help you make it become a smarter, more sophisticated, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's vcin, the sports betting network. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Michael Lombardi. We bring in our buddy Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod and we get a market update. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hey, Patrick. Hey, Michael. So yeah, guys, what a day it was in the NFL. I mean, you know, I'll make a, a Christmas comparison here. Christmas came early for the public. It was the best day of the year for public betters. Big lump of coal in the stocking for the sports books here. I know no one's going to cry or shed a tear uh, for the sports books, but uh, kind of just a really big extreme day, guys. We had favorites absolutely crush it. 11 and 1 straight up yesterday, 10 and 2 ATS yesterday. That was the first uh, Sunday of the year where favorites won uh, or covered more than nine games. The most games they had covered prior to yesterday was only nine in a week. Then you come up yesterday with 10 overall. You add in the Thursday night game, guys, going into Monday night tonight. Week 14, it has been a huge week for public betters. 12 and 1 straight up with favorites, 11 and 2 ATS with favorites. You also look at overs. It wasn't just the totals. It wasn't just the spreads, guys, where all these favorites came through, which, by the way, your biggest public faves all covered. Green Bay, Titans, Chiefs, Saints, Seahawks, Broncos, Chargers, and Bucks, all were getting 70% of bets or more all covered there. Uh, but it's also these totals, guys, 8-4 and four to the over. That was really surprising to me. You get in the late season, you see these unders come through, windy unders, late season divisional unders, non-conference unders. It didn't matter. You had a lot of these fly over. And again, going into yesterday, we had dogs 57% ATS. We had, we had uh, unders around 58%. Didn't matter. Huge day to the public. You tip your cap. Uh, hopefully the books can turn on their lights today, guys, because it was a bad day for the books. Great day for the public yesterday. And don't let one week shake you. You know, that doesn't mean you should automatically go start betting favorites and overs. Because this is going to, it will regress back to where we've been, which is what, dogs and unders cashing somewhere between 56 and 58% this year, right, Josh? You're exactly right. Patrick, you bring up a great point because, you know, we're going to break down this Monday night game in a second. But who do you think the public's on tonight? Favorite with the Arizona Cardinals over, obviously. And you're right, Patrick. You know, we see extremes in betting, but it always regresses to the mean. Even though it was a great day yesterday for the public, I'm thinking going into week 15, public's going to be fat and happy and just excited to continue to roll with these favorites and overs. It can create a lot of opportunity in week 15, guys, I think, to really get some inflated numbers and bring it back towards some dogs and unders. Yeah, Michael, the books yesterday were like, well, what? where do you want us to put this Denver number? Where do you want us to put this Seattle yeah. number? Yeah. Where, I mean, where, where, where do you I want us to hang this Packer high. number? 
I don't know if they could have set it high enough. I think they went with their power rankings, and, you know, Detroit had the COVID, so you had to deal with that issue. Uh, you know, Kansas City, the, it, nobody thought the Raiders were, were going to fly there but not really be there in Kansas mm-hmm. City. So, you know, that was a problem. And, you know, we knew the Chargers, they were going, and they were almost going to play. That line was set as if Fromm was going to play, and, and they still couldn't cover with Glennon. I mean, think about if Fromm would have played in that game. You know, if he was some rookie quarterback or second-year player, I don't think they could have set the line. I thought Seattle was probably the most team, the team most in jeopardy of not covering the eight and a half. But then they ran away with it in the fourth quarter, and you know they had so many penalties. They they kept shooting themselves in the foot. Mills throws for, and they still couldn't cover. Yep, and. Josh, sometimes it's just an anomaly. Like, for example, I was laying out all the trends for Kansas City. They haven't covered at home. They haven't covered since the Reagan administration. As a a seven-plus favorite, Mahomes is 30%. And then they just absolutely dismantle the Raiders. Sometimes you got to throw it out. You're totally right, Patrick. And again, you know, you had some movement back to the Raiders. You had some under money in that one. This thing flew over, but I think it was 50 down to like 48. And I think this is what makes sports betting so difficult. And it really kind of humbles you because you can have all these great trends, all these great edges, all these sharp moves. But in the end, guys, there's randomness, there's luck, there's volatility. We got to overcome the juice. I think anytime you see a day like yesterday, you say to yourself, wow, Uh, sports betting is really, really difficult. And sometimes everything can be lining up team A and it goes to team B. That's life. That's betting. Yep. Well put. Okay, let's get into tonight. Two and a half. Thomas said he felt like he was going to stick two and a half. I'm seeing most of the juice pointing to sticking there. Do you think we reach three? So let's go ahead and set up tonight's game. Yeah, guys. So I think, number one, you got to think about yesterday if you're thinking about tonight. Again, favorites overs had their best day of the year. So what's the public going to do, as we mentioned? They're going to go over. They're going to take the favorite. But here's the thing, guys. 78% of bets at BetMGM are on the Cardinals. Best team in the NFL. Best record. They're at home. They're laying a short number against a Rams team that, you know, beats up on the bad teams but doesn't seem to play well against the good teams. So all day, lay it with Arizona. However, guys, we always talk about sports books, you know, wanting to uh, have 50-50 action. Theoretically, that's the case. 50-50 means you just rake in the juice. No matter what happens, you have a profitable night. But sometimes books will take a position. And I think that's what they're doing here with the Rams, guys. Rams look kind of, uh, looks like they have some respected money here, even though they're only getting 22% of bets. As you mentioned, Patrick, this is the ultimate line freeze. It opened with Arizona laying two and a half. Everybody is, is running to the window to bet another favorite and take Arizona. But it hasn't moved off two and a half. Why hasn't it? That's really my question for this game, guys. With almost 80% of bets on Arizona, they should go up two and a half to three, three to three and a half. But I think TG was really pulling back the curtain there saying, hey, even though we're getting all this money after Arizona after a day when we got cleaned out by these favorites, we're unwilling to hand out a key number three there with with, uh, the Rams here. So, guys, I'd be looking at Rams on uh, on a teaser here, two and a half up to eight and a half. I'm just concerned about a three-point loss or kind of a tight game here. But I think if you go through those multiple key numbers and you got a a lot of these systems here, even though they didn't do well yesterday, but road dogs, 58% ATS, primetime dogs, 59% ATS, divisional dogs, McVay as a road dog, 7 and 3 ATS, 70%. I would pair that tease up the Rams with taking that total up and then t- and then taking the under. So if you the total right now, it opened 52. It's down to 51. Public's betting over, yet it's falling. You have a late-season divisional undertrend. I'll take the 51, give it up to 57, and I'll pair that with the 8.5 there with the Rams. That's what I'd be looking at Let tonight. me ask Michael that on the total. Michael, what, what kind of your expectations for Rams and Arizona as far as pacing and scoring here? 
Well, I mean, look, the Cardinals have been able to demonstrate the last time they played, I think it would have gone over this number. You know, it was 37 to 20. It was a 57 number, and that was in perfect conditions, which, you know, the roof will be open today. There might be slight wind, but it'll still be perfect conditions, and the Cardinals are going to be completely healthy. You know, I, I, I kind of think this will be a little bit of a back-and-forth type of game. I, I would lean over here a little bit, only because I think both teams can move the ball. My concern in this game, more than anything, is the offensive line of the Rams. You know, the offensive line of the Rams is a concern because, you know, Stafford's going to get hit, you know, because the Haverstein's not going to play. They've got a lot of different pieces. They're not a good line to begin with, particularly on the inside. And this Cardinal team is very effective, and they, and they, can, create, they can create pressure from all different angles. And, you know, the last, time, the last time they played, the Rams ran for 100 yards, believe it or not, in the game. But the, but the Cardinals ran for 40 times for 216 yards. I mean, they beat them on the ground. They gained 216 on the ground and 268 through the air. Yep, yep. We'll get Michael's official lean on that one coming up in just a bit. Josh, I was just laughing because uh, I know a lot were on the under. A lot of betters were on the under. Some respect to my Bears Packers last night. So the, it's t- it close 43 and a half. You know, it's December, it's Green Bay, it's the NFC North. You expect an ugly game. It was 45. They covered the total in the second quarter alone at 45. Yeah, and you really feel terrible for anyone who had bears in the points there, guys. Off to a good start. You're up 24-14 there in the the first half. Uh, And then Aaron Rodgers just turns it on. So, again, Patrick, I even think Al Michaels made a comment like, we're 75. I think a lot of people expected around a 43. Shows you Al Michaels always knows what the line is. But, um, Patrick, you're totally right. I think my takeaway from that game was live lining the Packers when they were down by 10. That was really the opportunity where, hey, like bears are looking good, but can they really get this thing done? You're hoping if you're a contrarian better to take the 12 and cover that number. They had a chance there late if you didn't get that, uh, you know, that interception. So again, my takeaway is the live line. If you live line Packers when they were down 10, I think that was a good play. Okay. A look ahead quickly. Let's throw one to Michael, the Titans and Steelers. What do you got on that, Josh? Yeah, I just saw an early move here to Pittsburgh. Get Michael's take on this one. You had Tennessee open laying two and a half on the road. The line is quickly down to two. So we've seen movement toward Pittsburgh here. A couple things to like about Pittsburgh. Big rest advantage. They had that Thursday night game, whereas the Titans played Sunday. So you got a couple extra days of rest, rehab, game plan. You also get Mike Tomlin as a dog, who, uh, again, almost covered that one. If Fryermuth catches that one uh, against the Vikings there. But Tomlin as a dog, uh, now 43-22 and 22 ATS, 66%. You can still find a two and a half. Again, guys, I'm like big into teasers late season. You get a lot of volatility. You saw it with the football team yesterday with Washington. If you tease them up, they cover. If you take the regular number, they don't. You can still find a two and a half. I'd take the Steelers up to eight and a half. Michael, what do you think? Can the Steelers keep that thing close? Well, I mean, look, I, I, you got to wait on Tennessee's injury report because if they get long back the inside linebacker, I think that makes a huge difference. They play great defense. Just they intercepted four times. I worry about Tannehill, but and, and especially against if T.J. Watt's healthy, I think that's the biggest concern I would have. Can they? Because you can throw the ball. Obviously, Kirk Cousins did well, and I think with Julio Jones now back in the lineup, that helps Tennessee. Uh, for me, I got to wait on the injury report really to get into that one. Okay, Josh. So uh, tonight you're going to lean. You're going to take the dog up, and you're going to take the total up on a tease it's almost out of principle guys when you see favorites absolutely kill it one day who are the books rooting for tonight i think you're looking at a play here with the tease up uh and take it up and take the under we're going to be on thomas gable's side marcus insights (laughs) is the pod and betting across america with josh and pritch coming up later today josh enjoy it thank you Thanks, Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Michael. Okay, that's Josh Applebaum coming up next. We'll get a lean. Maybe not an official play. Get a lean from Michael on Monday Night Football coming up next here on the Lombardi Line.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. King of Sportsbooks, that's BetMGM tonight. 10 bucks wins you 200. Place a $10 money line wager on either Los Angeles or Arizona. If either team scores the touchdown, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets, regardless of the outcome. You have to use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200. So visit BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. This is a new customer offer. Please gamble responsibly. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available 
in Mississippi or Nevada. All right, he's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Marr. So I made the mistake. I saw Rex Ryan trending on Twitter. I, I clicked mm-hmm. it, and now I regret yeah. clicking it because he's back yeah, at it with the Move feet. Move right along. He's back at it with Move the right feet. Move right along. Anyway. Just keep uh, moving right uh, along. Yeah, that is not for me. I uh, wanted to bring this up quickly for you. So the I'm going to give you a couple teams, and then you can give me the answer. The teams are the Timberwolves, the Trailblazers, the Kings, the Pacers, the Cavaliers, the Knicks, and the Lakers. The answer those are teams interested in trading for Ben Simmons. Even the Lakers are yeah. in on the mix now. What's what's the latest on that, Michael? Do you know anything? Well, you know, I do. I know a lot. I, not a lot. I do know a little bit. I think that the Pacers are a team that have I've been told through my NBA sources that are hot to trot to try to get Simmons. You know, Lavert's been on the table. Miles Turner's been on the table. Sabonis has been on the table. And the 76ers have seemed to reject reject that. Brogdon can't get traded I think until Wednesday. He was a re-up player and I think this is what's being uh, occurring now in the league is once Wednesday's date uh, uh, becomes official, the players who signed extensions now become available to trade and I think it opens up a whole other market. So I do suspect that from pressure from a lot of sources that the Sixers will make a move within the next, say starting on Wednesday and the next two weeks after that probably, you know, before Christmas or right after. So it appears Maury's starting to get ready to play, uh, get involved here as far as moving them? Well, I mean, you know, I think he's got this idea that he's going to get this, uh, you know, really incredibly huge package. It's funny. I mentioned to you the other day, Alstair Clarkson, who was the former head coach of Hawthorne in the Australian Football League. Uh, and he is considered to be Clarky, as they call him. He's considered to be the Bill Belichick of that league, right? He's won like multiple titles at Hawthorne. He got fired this year, and he's on a sabbatical. So he's come over to this country, and and he's doing some work. He spends he's spending time with the Golden State Warriors, actually traveling with them, and and being around Steve Kerr and some other people. He went up and spent time in Green Bay to, with the Packers, doing this research project, but. He came by my house the other day, and we were talking, and and he said, you know, Simmons is an embarrassment to our country. And he said because they feel like he's not competing, and that, and that's not what Austra- Australian people believe. They compete. And I think more than anything, and we dismiss this, we dismiss this too often, but he was telling me all the great virtues of, of Stephon Curry, which they're too long to list, and they're incredible, and, and every great thing about Curry is greater when you hear it firsthand. But think about Curry. Took Davidson to a final eight, elite eight, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they went to the elite eight, right? He, he was, you know, he couldn't get to the four, but he got to the eight. Whereas Simmons couldn't even get LSU to the tournament, right? He couldn't even get him in the tw- in the sixty-four. Markel Fultz couldn't even get the team in the sixty. We say, well, that's, but yet Curry could, and Curry's behavior on how he works and what he does, every single day, day after day, much like you hear about Tom Brady day after day after day is remarkable. And so, I mean, I, I don't understand why all these teams are lined up to get him. I felt privy to the talent level on Simmons. I, 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 but I, now that I've witnessed his behavior, I don't even know why you would want him on your team. I think it's well put. I think it's very well put. And it, it's almost like addition by subtraction. Also, you just got to get that stink out of here. If you're Philadelphia, it's time to move on. Like enough is enough where you just want to, you know, have a fresh approach to what's happening with the season. No. Yeah. I, I think, look, if, if you want to be good to the players that are playing hard for, it, if you're, if your basic tenet is that we're going, we're going to win with Joel Embiid, 
And I'm not sure that's capable winning with a center in a league that doesn't really want centers any longer. But just let's say that's right. Then you, you can't waste this year. Because if you're the GM of the 76ers and Embiid is your guy, you're scared to death he's going to get hurt at any moment. You know, you're going to get, I mean, when he eats cereal in the morning, you're going to get concerned he's going to chip a tooth or something. He's going to be out for six weeks. I mean, you're just worried all the time. And so, like, how do you pass? A, how do you say I'm going to wait? You can't wait. This guy's got a short lifespan, uh, not lifespan, short shelf life in terms of being a great player. So you've got to do something here quickly. And, you know, I think that the position of saying no certainly builds your case as the best negotiating tool you could possibly have. But he's got to make a decision because it's really not fair to the players on the court right now who are playing hard and they're missing a guy. And if they had one, one piece or two pieces, they may be able to compete at a higher level than the seventh seed in the East. Yeah, that's no, well put. And just to, just to kind of put a bow on it, Philadelphia is going to travel to Memphis tonight. That number opened the 76ers three. It's up to four. And then you mentioned Golden State and Steph. They're in Indiana who are interested in the services of Simmons. Golden State open four. It's yeah. been bet down to three on the road there. Uh, and I'm told that Carlisle really, really wants Simmons. Yeah. I'm told that he really wants Simmons, yeah. Which to me doesn't make sense. Because I, I view Carlisle as I a totally guy. agree. Personality-wise, you know, I, mean, I don't see It doesn't make any sense to me, but it is what it is, you know. And, and I listened to Maury on Annie Duke's podcast the other day talk about how, you know, the pace of the game and that that's what the Sixers miss. They don't have pace and defense. And maybe somebody's convinced that Simmons can provide that for them, but they better hope it's not in a competitive environment. Always something. It just in life, in work, or whatever. You don't want to come to work every single day and have one person where you just never know what you're going to get. It's always something, and you know it. Maybe there's a honeymoon period when Simmons, on his best behavior, gets traded to a team, but eventually it's going to devolve. That's just who he is. That's his nature. Right. You can, I mean, at some point, every game gets tough. The Bucks game against the the Bills got tough. Josh Allen competed, right? He wasn't. He was. You could tell Josh Allen just watching his facial. He was playing that to the bitter end. Brady was. Mm -hmm. You knew he was going to be there at the end, right? You know that you're not getting that with Simmons. You're going to get retreat. Yeah. No, you know cool. you're going to get. I'm out of here. And and to me, I want the guys that are going to stay to the bitter end. It's well put. That's a great example. Uh, yep. Uh, I couldn't have said it better. So Cardinals here. So let me just set this up for you. Then I'm going to let you run with this. So the Cardinals are fresh off their 33-22 win against the Bears. So they're now 10 and two straight up. They're nine and three ATS. That's the best in the NFC. The Rams just beat up on Jacksonville after having lost three in a row. So now they're eight and four straight up. They're five and seven ATS. And really, I mean the car. The tiebreaker right now uh, is the cards as they went into Los Angeles and beat up, as you mentioned, 37 to 20, beat up on the Rams in week four, where you and I, I remember discussing that. The Rams were never really in that, even when they were kind of hanging around by one score. The yeah. Cardinals beat them up. Uh, what changes tonight? The cards are laying two and a half, and their total's 51. Well, it was 17-13 at the half, right? It, it, no, excuse me. It was 24-13 at the half. And, and then the Cardinals took put the game away in the fourth quarter and, and made it 34 third turn, and that was the game. They dominated third down. They were so good on third down. They ran the football effectively. Murray was able to move around, and they made play. I mean, they had over 400 and some yards of offense. Now, the Rams had 400 yards of offense too, but a lot of that was late in the game when they, when they got the points back in. To me, for the Cards to win again, they've got to create turnovers. Two turnovers for the Rams. The Cardinals didn't turn it over the last time they played. This game will come down to which – 
front can protect the quarterback. We know Beep Beep can get out of the way, right? He's, he can take off and go. Stafford's not going to be able to take off and go. So I, I think we've disrespected the Cardinals. For me, I have long enough. I like them tonight. I think they're the better team. I think they're the tougher team. If the Rams have to play from behind, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be. And you know what's interesting is the Cardinals, they've been better on the road than at home this year. You take a look at their scoring margin. They're plus 16 away from home, and they're right around a little under a point and a half at home. I don't know what that means yeah. for the Cardinals because it's a, it's a well, comfortable environment. they haven't been healthy for so darn long. I mean, they haven't been healthy for so long, right? I mean, they haven't really been. To, this will be the first game, I think, that they're fully healthy because he went back to Chicago, Cliff, and they threw the ball, at, what, 14 times against the Bears and for 120 yards. They ran the ball mostly in that game. Yeah. The total is interesting because – you want more out of the Rams defense. Maybe we start to get it. But Arizona, it's interesting. They've, they've really, this has been a tremendous defensive team where they're, you know, allowing 18.7 per. I mean, that's pretty damn good. This is a good scoring D. This is a good defense. No, and they're fast. They're athletic. They'll get after it. And they're going to put pressure on Stafford. I mean, they're going to put pressure on him because this offensive line is not great, and particularly on the road. And McVay has covered up for it. Now, he ran for 100 yards last time. They're going to have to have some balance with their run game. This can't be a 45-pass game for Stafford today. No chance. Okay, so it doesn't have to go into the email or anything like that. It doesn't have to be official play. But what's, what's <laughs> I, lean the, I would lean the cards. I, I lean the cards and lean the points. I, I like the favorite again today because I just think they're the better team. I don't think it gets to three. You heard Thomas say he thinks he's going to stick at two and a half. That's the case. I think so. It's a little bit. It feels like a gift you're getting with the Cardinals just laying the two and a half at home. All right. Yep. 51 on the total. Michael, enjoy your Monday. Have a great week. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, enjoy. Patrick. See you Thursday. I'll, I'll see you on Thursday, buddy. Thank you to everybody behind the glass as well. Odds on's coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 